Hey everybody, welcome to My Town Hustle. Today's episode is going to be about zoning. Zones! Welcome to My Town Hustle, where we take an in-depth look at the people, policies, and processes that make small towns work. Focusing on trends in urbanism and creative economies, My Town Hustle explores the ideas that make our community special. So sit back and enjoy the show. everybody welcome to my town hustle in today's episode we are going to be talking about zoning this is a, a pretty unique issue and I, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it i think it's got a lot of historical context and then a lot of exciting things that are moving you know um, in these circles you know for the future so i'm really excited to talk about it. i want to pick your guys' brain sam i think you've got some some info uh, that you want to share with people kind of right off the bat to lay the groundwork on on what is zoning yeah. for a municipality. Absolutely. Zoning is pretty much what and where you could build and what you can do with your piece of property in a city. Uh, also in there are uh, regulations for aesthetics. Um, and a fence being a great example of that. You know, how high, uh, what type of fence, you know, wood, vinyl. Uh, but really zoning is the main focus to regulate use and build. So what you can build on your property and what you can actually do with it. But this is America, Jack. This is America, and the government's telling you what you can do with your piece of property. Oh. And a lot of times, you know, they're telling you what to do height-wise too, right? When you own land, you own up. Yep. You, if you lived in an area with no zone, you can build a skyscraper if you could. But if you own no, one in a residential no, area. No, you and R2 in Marietta, you're not building more than no, to no, 35 no, no, You're not. And that's pretty much what zoning really is. And one thing I want to advocate uh, to the listeners out there is uh, something of the term called check your zoning. Whenever you move somewhere or buy property, check with your city to see what the zoning regulations are. And I've told my friends that maybe are out there looking for a place to live or a home to buy to check. First thing. First thing. Because you might buy that house. Five years, 10 years later, especially if your city has a plan for growth and it's relatively close to a commercial district and their plan calls for that to grow, that could start to slowly you know, encroach on where you're at. And if that's not what you want, then that's not probably the piece of property you want to buy. However, zoning is used more as a police power. It's a right. punitive thing in some of our communities, right? It, it is. Zoning, it allows the city to have agency in the public welfare and obviously the design and layout of what the city wants and what it wants to look like, um, which allows them to enforce that as a law and regulate it as a law. Okay, so um, real quick, is there a distinction or delineation between zoning board and planning commission? Are they one and the same or can they have the same power? I've heard them called different things. Yeah, they pretty much, um, at least here in the city of Marietta, we only have a planning commission. Right. It's treated as the same. They'll hear appeals for a variance. So a variance will allow, like in my example, a fence maybe to be a little bit taller than the requirement or a little bit setback. You know, your build can be a little bit closer to your property line. The planning commission hears that. You need a curb cut for a driveway. Yeah. Things like that. Hmm. In other cities that have either a board of zoning appeals or a planning commission, the planning commission really will only hear things of use. They'll hear 
maybe a major subdivision, right? You have five acres. You want to split that up to um, one acre each and build some homes with, you know, maybe uh, includes a new street. You know, planning commission's role is mostly associated with that land use um, growth or development uh, for a property within the city. Uh, BZAs, they deal mostly with any decision made by the enforcement of the zoning ordinance. Um, again, mostly appeals, you know, so those variances or uh, conditionary uses, uh, things that aren't granted right away and need some kind of approval. If you were following your zoning regulations and you met them all, you wouldn't go to the board. But again, if you need that setback variance, you need the fence height requirement variance, whatever it may be, you would go to that board. And really, they're, they can make decisions, and because you maybe get a variance, my situation right next to you, next door neighbor, you know, I want to build just the same thing. They could turn me down. It doesn't, it's on even keel. It's so case, you're not setting precedent. No, you do not in zoning boards. You do not. Hmm. Sounds problematic. Yeah. So, so Sam's talking a lot about aesthetics, and I think in communities like ours and maybe even communities that are smaller, the focus of zoning is around land use management, right? Yeah. So obviously there's an aesthetic piece that Sam's discussing, but there's also where can we do commercial development? Where can we do industrial development? Where is it appropriate to do uh, residential uh, right. property development? Yeah. And do so you want a car lot in right. between all of these right. single family homes. Right. And so it's, it's come down to over the history, we've used it to implement what we consider to be compatible uses, right, with our with our properties and, and with the things that we put into our communities and neighborhoods. And so yeah. I think that's yeah. where folks get entangled and excited and angry and, and, and sometimes come to fisticuffs because I don't want that KFC next to my house or yeah. I don't want the recovery facility next to my thing or any of those kind of things. I mean, I think those are those are the kind of the hot button things and zoning is at the heart of all those things. It is. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask the question, when do you need to interact, you know, with a planning commission or a zoning board? But I think we've kind of nailed down variances and, and special uses and things like that. So yeah. so how is this commission regulated? Are these uh, nominated positions? Are they, you know, ad hoc? Or, you know, how, how are they formed? They are nominated positions um, with each kind of commission or board having, you know, obviously their own bylaws. Um, which will mainly outline sometimes the background experience for each member that they want. Um, you know, and it should really also include, you know, a council member, a member of the administration, uh, definitely someone that will uh, be the voice, you know, of those decisions uh, within in-house, especially if something gets approved and has to go for council approval. Uh, you know, the council member is kind of already been aware of the situation and, is able to provide that uh, review and feedback to the other council members. All right, so I want, I want to ask you a real quick question, you know, kind of a real life example so that somebody could kind of see the process start to finish. Yep. If somebody wants to get a variance, let's say they want to put a pool in their backyard and the setback, you know, to the property line is say 20 feet and they want to put it 10 feet yep. off, the, off the property line. What does the process look like to get that variance? Yeah. A lot of times people don't know they need a variance. Um, so they just go into the engineering or zoning office and, you know, to get a permit. Um, and they're told, hey, you got to get a special approval here. You need a variance. The example of, you know, putting a pool in, you know, you go in, you get a permit. Uh, you just want to build a pool. 
and you want to build a pool, you know, close to your side property line. Well, there's like a 10 foot setback requirement. Um, well, you can't, you can't technically build it there, but you need a variance in order to do so. So this does come as a surprise to a lot of people. And the process takes time because that meeting gets set. It's a public meeting. It gets, you know, a lot of times neighbors will get notified of what you're trying to do. And obviously that can just depend on what you're there to do. Um, but, you know, and you have to kind of prove that you couldn't do what you wanted to do because of the zoning code. So with the example of the pool. There's no suitable alternative. Yeah. For yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. You know, I want it maybe on this side of the house. And I'm encroaching on a rule of, you know, has to be 10 feet off my side property line. If I have room to move it over, you know, I'm not, I just want it there because I want it there. Um, you know, what's the real reason um, that's holding me back from moving it over? It's really just my own or my own desire where I want it to be. So, you know, but let's say there um, is absolutely no way you can move it over. Then, you know, you prove that or you, discuss that in terms of your argument and in hopes to get a variance so you could allow to have this because the pool might be an appropriate use, but where you want to put it is, is not. Gotcha. Okay. So let's, let's move along. I want to kind of get maybe down to the, to the history of zoning and then maybe where we're the, the process is moving in the future. If you guys could shed some light on that. Yeah, so the zone, the history of zoning, um, it you know really dates back uh, to you know late 1800s, uh, maybe even further than that. But we do have an Ohio example that is pretty monumental in terms of the power of zoning and being able to allow zoning, which is Euclid versus Ambler Realty. Uh, Euclid is the village of Euclid, Ohio versus Ambler Ambler Realty, which basically Amber Realty have. 68 some acres of property they wanted to to do um, and it wasn't zoned and it went through it wasn't the first time that this was challenged in court but it's the first time it went to su the supreme court and the supreme court ruled in favor of the village of euclid enforcing their zoning uh, for that property mm. and why they won and a very short answer is that it was beneficial for the public welfare of the people of euclid so by having these districts and having these uses kind of outlined in the zoning ordinance and the way they shaped it was for the overall public welfare. And that gets to exactly what zoning is and why it gets confused and why there's issues with it in terms of how it kind of pulls things away from each other. Right. But uh, Euclid, if you don't know where that's at, that's up in the Cleveland area. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening, you know, right here in Ohio. Right in your backyard. Yep. We would also be remiss if we didn't recognize that historically across the country, you know, a lot of zoning came into focus in communities during the era of what I would call urban renewal, right? Mm -hmm. So the mid-60s to the mid-70s. Yeah. And there's also no way around the fact that in more urban communities, zoning was used as a de facto tool of segregation. There's just yeah. no, there's no way to avoid that. I'm not saying that happened in our community, but you can look at places, um, any large community. I recently read a super interesting book about Flint, Michigan, called Demolition is Progress. Shout out to the University of Chicago uh, Press. Great book. And it talks a lot about 
uh, zoning and its changes and its implications on race relations in the city yeah. and, and not just race relations, but socioeconomic relations between groups of folks in the city. And they're still to this day reeling and recovering from some of the decisions that were made in 1955 and yeah. 1960. So I'm not saying that's happened here. I do want the folks out there to know that uh, not everybody has a happy and positive view about zoning that we're talking about here. There is, it has been uh, maligned and misused in ways that were probably inappropriate, but it, we need to recognize that. Yeah. So I don't want to dig down too far into those weeds, um, but I would like to kind of understand or maybe peel back the onion of maybe why like what was it what was it specifically because in my head i'm sitting here thinking uh, first of all it's i'm got a 2020 brain right i don't have a 1960 brain so i'm trying to figure out (laughs) good if a zone if if a zone (laughs) is r1 or r2 if it's single family right is is were those was that a zone that was misused or or is it multifamily? like i don't understand that that specific history in those larger major metropolitan areas? What was happening was when the Public Housing Act was passed and the federal government was guaranteeing mortgages in communities, they were obviously backing mortgages in communities that were settled by white folks and were not as giving with mortgages and Mm -hmm. loans to families that were minorities. And so that metastasized into into the zoning areas. It metastasized into school districts Mm -hmm. because clearly in those times, folks wanted segregated schools. And so, you know, they, they, they lived in those places. And so the zoning transferred over into school district, similar boundaries. And so it was a, a host of challenges that kind of led up to that. So it yeah. was more about home ownership. So it was more about home ownership, but home prices. So yes. prices were, people were basically being priced out of a, a certain neighborhood is what For you're sure. saying and, and because of loan backing. And even worse in those deed covenants in those times, it was accepted that a builder would build a home and in that deed covenant to that property, it would say you will not sell or lease this property to a black family. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. on the record. You yeah. can look it up. Yeah. And one thing, too, to get back in terms of, like, districts and zones and what Brett was mentioning about mortgages, in my opinion, one of the worst zone areas is a single-family home. Because single-family home at that time, because mortgages were being accepted, being handed out, moved people away Yes, from from high density, from downtowns, from, yes. from everything. The urban we, sprawl. Urban sprawl. We started to allow just these single-family homes, no mixed use, no nothing, just get them out. Is obviously at the post-war. Yes. Euclid, that decision was like in 1926, around that time. Right after that, it's kind of a peak of cities, you know, implementing zoning ordinances, right? So what you're looking at 40 years later, it's got, back then that took, stuff took time and it progressed and it grew and it moved and it moved and on like that. So that's just kind of where we're, we're at with it. Yep. So, okay, that's the, the was. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, where we're, where we're headed. I know, I guess, give us the, the two different forms of zoning and i use that word fortuitously sure well sam sam started to say it i think the 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 modern thought now is about uh redensifying and maximizing the development that we have so the term that you're going to hear now is form-based zoning and by form i don't mean like filling out a form i mean like what is the form of our neighborhood what is the form of our community so in form-based you're much less worried about this area over here is commercial and this area is industrial and that area is residential and you must have parking minimums. It's much less about that. Form-based is 
most importantly, based on a community vision mm-hmm. for the future. Yeah. You have to have that first. Building on that, the form is, what do we want our community to be like, feel like, look like? As long as your development meets that form that we have agreed on as a community, it's okay. So yeah. you can have light industrial right next to commercial, right next to residential, all in the same area, yeah. as long as it meets the outward form in the, and we're proceeding toward the vision we have as a community. That's yeah. completely different than what we're doing now. Right now, we're basically doing yeah. land use management that says, like I keep saying, this is commercial, this is residential, this is Yeah, industrial. and you're speaking specifically to the Mid-Ohio Valley. I, yeah, I'm it, speaking here. Because yeah. when, I hear, when I hear form-based, I immediately think of suburbs of, of Columbus when yeah. you walk in and the Burger King is in brick. Sure. The Walmart yeah. That's is exactly. in brick. The City Hall is, they're all, it's very unison. Yeah. The same yeah. form. Yes, yeah. and the difference is, you can do regular, what I would call land use based zoning that we're doing right now without any vision or plan for the future. Yeah. You can just implement, we're going to do this in these places. And as long as we don't go over that, it doesn't matter what we do in the future. Yeah. Form based zoning starts with the plan and the vision first. Yeah. You must have that first. Okay. So yeah. here's, here's exactly. So my mind now is going to where Sam's was in the beginning of this is aesthetics. Yeah. All right. That's the, the architectural engineering owner in me. If, if a form-based zoning is taken on, yes. is there a, <laughs> I would sure hope that you would also have an architectural review board sure. as well. Yeah. I, I could argue, and maybe Sam, I would like to know what you think about this. I would argue that we de facto have it here. Think about mm-hmm. the development. I'm talking about downtown Marietta, Main Street Marietta. I would argue mm-hmm. that... Um, in our historic district. In our historic district, we have that without having to have it on the books. I agree with you that yeah. we need it. I just think it's so interesting. We are lucky. We are lucky. Yeah. It, it's a miracle that nobody has come here, bought a private property in our downtown, tore it down, and built a fast food restaurant because there is nothing stopping anybody from doing that. Yes. <laughs> other than our agreed value of we don't want that and it doesn't fit with our downtown and what our community is. That's form-based zoning without having form-based zoning. Do you yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, would you agree? I mean, I think 100%. we kind of have it, but I'm with you, Jared. We actually need the real thing. We, yeah. we do. We do. Um, and I think it's harder it um, to have in a community yeah. like ours where talented talent of that type is limited. Yes. Um, well, what you have there is being told what you can do, what you can't do, and how it should look. And, you know, people in this community don't want that. We know they don't want that, yes. but to support legislation that is more formed to that kind of enforcement will be then tough. That's where you're tough. Sure. Cause you, then you're limiting their creative abilities yeah. when you say, yeah, it's gotta have, you know, it's gotta be this from this color palette. Yeah. It's you know, all you're going to paint that brick. Oh. Okay. Well it's, you know, like there are, that is, that is, limiting creativity and i would also add on a lot of the reason you have not seen development in downtown marietta that you know would be in our historic district to do something say you know that is uh you know not, that doesn't fit modern sure. etc is because nobody around here or nobody who is investing here has the capital to outlay buying a property building it from the ground up on cash right yeah. because we are in a uh we're in an ae flood zone yep. here so guess what? You're not building, if you want to do anything down here and you want national insurance or national flood insurance and you're taking out a note from a bank, they're going to require that. 
The only way you can get around it is by doing things in cash. Yes. And we don't have any investors that, that do that. Yeah. All right. So um, I want to kind of keep moving along and, and then hopefully wind down this episode. So um, final thoughts from you, Sam? Oh, man. I, I think we hit a bunch of different Final notes. Jeopardy, Sam. Final Jeopardy. I'm leaving you with Sam's final thought. <laughs> it, you know, zoning, I hope I did a great job to explain it to people out there, is that, you know, it's complicated for sure. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be as strict. And Brad, I'll definitely let you go on your take on that. I think we'll, we're in agreement there. But, you know, you gotta you got to have some kind of zoning enforcement. You gotta work but, together. Yeah, gotta I, work together. Gotta work together. And I think one thing we failed to mention yet is that the city of Marietta works as a complaint. Complaint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get a complaint, and they go out there and check it. Yeah. If you get it up and nobody sees it, nobody complains, then you're golden. You're golden. Yeah. Um, but if somebody sees it, somebody complains, mm. then at that point they would go yeah. investigate. But some communities have zoning inspectors, so they have people run. They have right. people cruising. They're when you have the the capital yeah. and the budget to do those things, yeah. then then yeah. Those aren't people that are liked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. That, that <laughs> the community. Same, say more that about is a, that. That yeah. is a sad job. I'm, mm. oh, I feel and, bad. Understatement of the day right there. Mm-hmm. Understatement of the day. And I also want people to know that zoning administrators, zoning directors, you know, dep- people in those divisions and in, in government, they have MPAs. They're, they're educated people because your zone changes constantly. What happens in communities is a quick band-aid, right? Oh, we'll fix this in the zoning code. Next one, we'll fix this one. We'll fix this one. No vision for the future. And a talent in that position can help work those minefields. All right, we're seeing a lot and lot of issues in this particular district with this particular problem. And a lot of that may be just the lot size, right? Their lot's too small. Our requirements kind of it's not helping them at all. And we're seeing these constant variances needed. Let's maybe let's readjust that. So to Sam's point, I would say go to the codified ordinances of the place you live and look at the dates of the last time yeah. some of those were updated. I would argue. Ours we is don't, 87. Uh, I think some, some we've some, been doing yeah. it kind of incrementally, but yeah. I would say some folks to Sam's exact point, we're not reevaluating it based on what's happening right now. Yeah. We pass it in 1966 and we just live with it forever. Yeah. Right. We never actively improve it, adjust it, modify it, edit it. So I think that's a great point, Sam. I think that's an important point. Yeah. And you'll see even in uses in terms of ones that are so old aren't up to date because businesses and models have changed. All right. And you'll see that around here where maybe businesses have adapted and they're doing kind of like three uses in one, you know, and that's, that's restricting so much growth because you're losing them on a potential value that they could add to mm-hmm. your community or not only at your commercial district or residential district or just, you know, your city as a whole. Yeah. I want to give you a real quick example of that. Yeah. So the building we're sitting in right now, when we, when we purchased this, we originally wanted to do office and we also wanted to have residential. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't want to put a fire escape. We have no rear access and I did not want to put a fire escape on the front of this building mm-hmm. on downtown. So we opted not to do this, but in our C4 district, I would have been allowed yeah. We would have been able to do that. That would have been a use category inside of this specific zone. So, it, you know, there that's kind of the high density, you know, stuff you're talking about. Yeah. All right, uh, Brett, any final thoughts from you? Brett's final thoughts, Brett's words of wisdom. Let's see. And that's the rest. Yeah, that's, <laughs> this is the rest of the story. So I hope that, 
I'm, I'm hopeful that our communities and folks that are working in these areas in our communities will stop looking at it zoning as a punitive tool, yep. right? Let's use this as a tool to aid us as we progress toward the development that we want to accomplish in our communities. It doesn't have to be about gotcha. Gotcha, Sam. Yeah. Saw that fence, man. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not pleased about that. So I, mm-hmm. I hope we could learn to use the zoning to its highest and best use. Man, there's a zoning term right there. Boom. Highest and best use. Boom. Um, as a tool, right? So to help us accomplish the things we want to accomplish, help us to um, implement the things that we think would best serve the citizens in our community and just understand what those things are. And under, and also, more most importantly, know that you have a say in that. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be set in stone forever. And hopefully these things will grow and change as our communities grow and change. I 100% agree with that. And I would just add on my end, my final thoughts. Jared's final thoughts. The community at large, right? What they're worried about when they hear you say that is, I don't want some modern-looking house in our historic town, you know, place next to... An 1810, you know, sure. yeah. colonial sure. historic home. That they don't want that because no. when people come to visit Marietta, they want to, they want the nostalgia, right? Like yeah. Marietta is a city, you know, that's not meant to be driven. It's meant to be walked. It's meant to be seen on foot on the sidewalks, looking up at these grand houses. Yeah. So what I would encourage people, you know, to your point, if you had an architectural review board. That's going to cure a lot. That's going to answer a lot of those questions that people have because they know that that at least has to go through, yeah. you know, a review board that's going to have some criteria inside of that. No different than our downtown historic district is going to have. Right. Yeah. Right. If somebody like like you said earlier, there's nothing stopping anybody from doing that other than people not having cash. Sure. Yeah. Right. Eventually, somebody will. If eventually, yeah. somebody will. Most critically, I would say this 8.4 square miles is all we have. Yeah. We don't have any more. There isn't, it's unlikely that we're going to annex mm-hmm. any other areas. So we need to be very smart and very intentional with what we're doing in town. Yeah. So that's densifying, that's mixed use, that's accessory dwelling units, that's accessory commercial units, that's all those things. And if we want growth, I think we need to be willing to consider all those things. Yeah. Because we can't, we can't build another Pike Street. No. Right. We can't. There's no other. There's no other place to go out. So That's, that is a. No I don't want to call it a downside of a very old community, but, and I would even extend that to the county. This is a very old county, as you mentioned. You know, in a couple episodes, yeah. you know, go the Mariettas and the in the auspices of history. Yes. If you if you know it, yeah. it's been around a long time. Every piece of good ground has been built on. Yes. Yeah. Right. So yes. you yeah. got to get creative. Yep. You know, when you're trying to redevelop something. Yes. All right, I'm going to go ahead and uh, stop us there. I think this was a, a really fruitful episode. If if you thought so, be sure to like uh, or subscribe or share with a friend. We'd really, really appreciate that. If you've got any questions, feel free to, to reach out at support at My Town Hustle. And until then, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to My Town Hustle. We would greatly appreciate it if you would share our podcast with someone who you think would benefit greatly from it. But most importantly, subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever platform you consume your podcasts. It would mean the world to us. Until next time, folks, thanks for listening.